You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the MLB.com StackCast podcast. I'm your host, Mike Petriello, joined here by MLB.com national editor Matt Myers, and our special guest tonight is MLB.com national writer Anthony Kastrovins. And the three of us tonight are going to be talking about the new MLB.com contest in conjunction with DraftKings, the MLB Dream Bracket. Now, the way this is going to work is there is a 32-team bracket that is one team for each of the 30 current clubs, an all-time Negro League team, and a current team full of under 25 players. And each of these teams will be simulated through the Out of the Park Sports Simulation Program. Each team has the best all-time players on their team. So Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth at the same time as, let's say, Mike Trout and Aaron Judge. It's pretty cool. You can actually go and sign up yourself and participate. And uh, we're going to dig through some of the rosters here. There's some really fun names. Um, I'm going to have a blast, I think, finding some of the very oldest players next to some of the current players. And uh, it's it's. Maybe not the baseball I expected we'd be doing in April, but I got to say, I'm happy we're doing this. I'm happy we're going to be inventive and trying something new. So Matt, Anthony, welcome. Hello. Uh, tell me about this. What Matt, you first, what is interesting to you about this uh, whole program? Here? Um, there's, a, there's a few things that kind of jump out to me. I think, you know, you know, for those, you know, for those unfamiliar with that, the park baseball, it's, it's, I mean, generally speaking, it's kind of like um, a high-end simulation baseball simulation tool where you can basically build a roster and play in franchise mode and try and be like the GM um, from the big leagues all the way down to the minors and like run an organization um, for for as many years as you want, essentially. Uh, but in this case, we're, we're sort of taking that, taking those tools and partnering with OTP and you know using this bracket. Um, and to me, the coolest thing about it is that. Um, you have players who've starred for many different franchises and for the purposes of this exercise, um, the way it was done was it like any player, we took their best three seasons on a given team. So if a player played for multiple, multiple teams, he gets to be on those three different, on those, on those different teams. You just get different versions of that player. So like the best example I could think of is like Alex Rodriguez, where like the version Alex Rodriguez on like the, Mariners in the mid nineties, late nineties is a very different player than the one who was on the Yankees later in his career. So it's like in the first round, actually, as it turns out, and we, we got to get to the matchups in a second, the Mariners are playing the Yankees. So you get a rod playing against a rod, but it's two very different, different versions of a rod. So I think that, that concept is pretty cool. It is cool. I, I enjoy that we get to see Mike Trout in the playoffs of some sort. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, this is, this is what we always talk about it on bar stools and stuff, right? It's just, you know, how, how would this guy fare against this guy? How would this era fare against this era? And not that this is some, uh, definitive conclusive answer, but it is a really fun exercise when you do start to, uh, delve into teams all time lists and you start to look at different franchises in a different light, quite frankly, like you kind of, you know, you forget, uh, when, when you do cross generations, like how deep some of these franchises really are uh, that maybe don't, aren't the first to come to mind. I mean, an exercise like this, you gravitate towards like the Yankees and Cardinals, right? Because they have the most championships. But then, you know, you look at like the A's and just how 
ridiculous the A's lineup is. I mean, you got Jimmy Fox at first base, you know, uh, outfield Ricky Henderson, Al Simmons, Reggie Jackson. Um, you got the Bash brothers on the bench, Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. So, um, it's, it's, I, I love that element of just, uh, you know, re- rewarding depth and, and celebrating uh, depth of organizations. And, and as far as pitting them against each other, nobody knows how it really turned out, but it is, a, it is fun to think. Uh, about how Negro League stars would fare against big leaguers, uh, against how, how today's generation uh, with the 25 and under talent would, would fare against the all-time greats. Um, so I, I guess my my curiosity going into it is uh, how much is evolution uh, awarded in a simulation? Maybe you guys know better than me what's baked into the recipe, but like I think in real life, like the 25 and under team would probably destroy uh, a lot of these teams because <laughs> if you reward athleticism and evolution of stuff on the mound, I mean, that's probably the best team really, but uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to go quite like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think we've talked about this, this concept a lot recently on this podcast as we've kind of gotten less into like the, the, the deep dive on current stats and more about like historical. And I think in this case, it's much more about like your numbers are sort of transported and sort of the reflection of your dominance against your peers. So no, it's not like, Oh, like Bob Feller comes in, you know, throwing 88 and people are like teeing off on him. <laughs> so um, that would, that would kind of be funny. Um, but um, you know, the, the, so the way, the way the bracket's set up um, is that uh, it's essentially done kind of like it's seated in based starting like it's a combination of World Series appearances, uh, World Series wins, pennants, uh, playoff appearance, regular season record. So the Yankees then have one seed on the AL side, and they're playing the Mariners in the first round um, because the Mariners have never been to the World Series. And then the on the NL side, you've got the the Cardinals as the number one seed and the Rockies as the as the 16th seed because they've only been to been to one World Series. So that's kind of that's kind of how it breaks down. So when you do it that way, it leads to some like pretty um, funky first round matchups that kind of, uh, you know, you wouldn't necessarily teams. There's some, there's some teams that have like rich histories or like rich, that are like real rivals going against each other. You know, you've got the, um, it end up with the Dodgers against the Padres, which is kind of cool. And like, you know, the Mets against the Cubs and the Mets, and the Cubs have a bit of a history. They played in the playoffs a few years ago. They had the famous 69 race. Um, but then of course you have like the twins versus the blue Jays. <laughs> And uh, the Red Sox versus the Rangers. Um, so that's kind of random. But I do like, I think, very appropriate for this show, the um, the A's and the Rays in the first round against each other. That even when you go into history, when you even go into history, the A's and the Rays still somehow end up uh, matched up against one another. Yeah, what, what I like about this is as they went through and constructed the roster. So each team has a 26 man roster, 15 hitters and 11 pitchers. They tried to keep it real world, right? There's not going to be. Uh, you know, Babe Ruth catching or Will Clark playing third base. There's every team even has a, a backup catcher. You know, you might not pick a backup catcher. Like, for example, the Rays backup catcher is Toby Hall. You could probably think of a better use for that roster spot, but that's not real baseball. You know, so I, I appreciate that they are trying to keep it as quote unquote real as possible. And as I kind of eyeball this, the I think the potential matchup I'm most excited for on a pitcher versus hitter basis is because the Red Sox have pitching Babe Ruth in their rotation and the Yankees obviously have hitting Babe Ruth in their rotation, you could have like, I don't know, 20 year old Babe Ruth versus 28 year old Babe Ruth. And I think uh, I haven't gone through all of these, but I think that's the only time that could happen because they are using a DH, right? So, you know, Tom Seaver Reds can't pitch to Tom Seaver Mets. And I can't think of another good example of a two-way player like that 
and the Yankees and Red Sox may or may not actually face each other, but I really hope they do just so that I can see that because that would be great. <laughs> I don't think that can happen until the um, until the the semifinals, but you know, obviously the the Red Sox and Yankees are both stacked um, historically, so it. Um, it, it, it's very well uh, a possibility for me. The rosters that actually are most interesting are the ones where it's teams that don't have a ton of history. And so you don't think, you know, like, you know, Anthony was talking about before the A's. So you got to look, I mean, once you start digging into the A's, you're like, wow, like this is actually, you know, historically, I mean, they've been around forever. So like, I guess it's not surprising. You didn't even mention Eddie Collins, who we talked about recently on this podcast, who's like, you know, maybe one of the most underrated players in history if you're going on war, because he's like number 11 all time and no one ever talks about him. Um, but to me, are so, so, like the teams that really jumped out to me are some of the um, the younger franchises that like have superstar laden lineups, even if they don't have that history. For example, the Mariners. I mean, the Mariners are playing the Yankees the first round. The Mariners are a 16 seed. If you look at the Mariners lineup, you know, catcher, they're historically weak. Dan Wilson, okay, well, <laughs> maybe not so much. But, like, the rest of the Mariners lineup, you've got Olerud, Brett Boone, Edgar Martinez, Alex Rodriguez, Jay Buhner, Ken Griffey Jr., Ichiro, Nelson Cruz. And then you've got a, a rotation fronted by Randy Johnson and Felix Hernandez. Like, in a simulation, in a seven-game series, that matches up. I mean, I think Randy Johnson and Felix Hernandez, especially if you're taking their best three seasons, matchup would be that would be are better than any two starters that the Yankees – could put out there the Yankees for all their history they're pitching they're, they're pitching historically is not that um impressive so it's kind of cool to me to see some of these teams that have these like really fun and interesting rosters that you wouldn't necessarily think of based on their you know their their overall performance as a franchise could you imagine if the Yankees get bounced in the first round uh <laughs> the uproar on social media because it could have, I mean you're right that that Mariners roster is pretty stout and that and to my point earlier about you don't really think about some of these franchises in terms of, uh, you know, the historical depth of greatness and like the twins are a great example of that because like mentally you disassociate with them from the Washington senators. Like you don't think of Walter Johnson as twins property, but for this exercise, he is obviously, cause that's where the franchise went. So the twins have Walter Johnson and, you know, peak Johan Santana. That's pretty cool. And Burt Blylevin, by the way, number three starter, Burt Blylevin. That's not bad. That's for, that's a sneaky good rotation right there. <laughs> that's more than that's more than sneaky good. <laughs> Some of the teams with a with a long history are funny because I feel like I know a decent amount about baseball, and I'm looking at some of these teams, and I'm like, I've never heard of some of these guys. Like I'm looking at the Pirates, okay, and you know Willie Stargell, sure, Onus Wagner, Barry Bonds, Roberto Clemente, you know Ralph Kiner on the bench, all these names you'd expect, and I see a couple of names I don't recognize, and you'd think, wow, like all-time great players. I should know who they are. And I uh, looked up two of them while you guys were speaking. Sam Weaver, who was a pitcher who I'd never heard of, and Fred Clark off the bench who I'd never heard of. Well, Sam Weaver pitched for uh, the Pirates, or I don't know, the Pittsburgh baseball team. I'm not even sure if they were the Pirates yet. From 1898 to 1910, and Fred Clark pitched or hit for them 1900 to uh, 1915. So they really went all the way back (laughs) <laughs> to find these guys. And I think that's a really important point. Fred Clark, if he was up now, any sixth inning fireballer would saw his bat off on the very first pitch. Uh, it's not transporting these guys to 2019. You know, and it's a simulation too. That's another thing. The The bracket outcome is not going to be chalk, right? Like the one seed is not going to always win. Then the two seeds not always going to beat the 15 and so on. Um, it's, it's a simulation. You know, they will have an advantage, but uh, anything can happen. This could be, they run the simulation and it's the darkest timeline where the Yankees bomb out in the first round of the Mariners. Is it likely? No, 
but is it possible? Yes. And really it has to work that way. Otherwise, you know, we'd have one seed versus one seed. And really, really what fun is that? <laughs> and also, I mean, there's also like, you know, we're also, there's, there's a lot of like, when you remember, remember we're doing this based on best three seasons with, with, um, with that team. So there's also some players who like had crazy peaks, um, you know, like I'll put like Tim Linthicum up against almost any pitcher if you're taking, you know, we're taking best three seasons. So suddenly like that, like, you know, makes the, makes the, um, uh, in, in, in that scenario, like Linthicum is almost as good as like, you know, Pedro Martinez because we're just taking their best three, best three seasons. So it's like, you know, there's, there's other players that maybe on paper don't look quite as, as dominant as they actually will be in for the purposes of this, of the simulation, which is, you know, we want the best version of everyone, so why not? You know, we're we're having some fun here. Let's uh, let let's get silly. You know, the the teams that kind of get penalized are the teams that have like real depth at one position, especially like an infield position or a catcher, where like you don't really have anywhere else to put them. Like I'm looking at the Astros roster, and it, they kind of by the virtue of having like Altuve and Craig Biggio, it sort of like hamstrings them because then that means that like one of them, and then you end up with, D, with Altuve at DH. So that like knocks like George Springer, Jimmy Wynn, or Moises Alou to the bench because their outfields are also stacked because they've got Jose Cruz and Cesar Zdeno and Lance Berkman. So you know the, you're almost penalized for having um, having uh, having depth at, uh, at, cer- at, cer- at certain positions. Yeah, we should also say by the way these are these matchups are best of seven. You know, it's not just a one off. So having a little bit of pitching depth is helpful. And I would think probably the teams that have been around forever would really have an advantage there. But I have to say. I'm looking at the Diamondbacks right now. Their lineup is, it's okay. You know, Steven Drew at shortstop, Miguel Montero at catcher, obviously around like Justin Upton and Steve Finley and Matt Williams, but they're starting rotation. And remember, this is not a full career for these guys. It's literally just the time they were on these teams. Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, Brandon Webb, Zach Greinke, Dan Harron with Patrick Corbin out of the bullpen. And that's pretty good. <laughs> Like in a seven game series, I will, I will take, you know, 2001 Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling with Webb and Granke and Harrod backing them up. I think that's probably better than some more historic teams. Yeah. I think, and just when, I think I know when, when in the process of making the roster, I think that like there was definitely a discussion of like, oh, should we like, do we want to have like starters as relievers or just pick relievers, be relievers. And I think it ended up being like, if it's a true, like kind of like lights out reliever type, you want that. But otherwise like, you know, we're going to take, um, you know, Patrick Corbin as a reliever instead of like, you know, the D-backs best loogie or their best sort of like swing man, you know? So um, you end up with like the best starting pitcher, which I think makes sense. Cause in reality, if like you were playing a game seven winner take all right, we see this every year in the world series where like, if your number one starter is available, even on two days rest, they're going to put them in relief ahead of like, you know, Josh Moore reliever. So like that, that, that to me, that, that, that tracks and also just makes it more interesting to see like the possibility of some, you know, some dominant starting pitchers essentially being brought in, in, in a, in a bullpen, in a bullpen role. So does, does good pitching beat good hitting in a simulation? Like, is it, that's the cliche in, in the postseason is you want to have the, I don't know how it works in the simulation, but like, I mean, the Dodgers have to have, I think the best pitching staff here, top to bottom, Sandy Koufax, Clayton Kershaw, Don Drysdale, Don Sutton, uh, Oral Horsheiser, Fernando Valenzuela. Those are some of your starting options. And you got, you know, Pete Kenley Jansen and Eric Gagne in the back in the bullpen. Mike Marshall. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that. There's a lot they can do with that group. So, yeah, I, I don't know what, again, I don't know what's baked into these formulas. And I, my other question, and there's no answer, 
I don't think here, but um, how is postseason performance factored into, uh, you know, what, what these guys are, are projected for this simulation? So like a Madison Bumgarner, who's, you know, he's never won a Cy Young. He's a great pitcher, never won a Cy Young, but then he's on this other level in the postseason. How much does that, you know, affect, uh, you know, his projection? I, I have no idea, but that would be something I'd be curious about. Uh, Anthony, before you know, you mentioned the um, the uh, the twins, the twins kind of having uh, getting the getting the senator's history, and so that, that ends up with um, with uh, you know with Walter Johnson, for example. The team that I think most benefits from that is the Nationals because their roster might be the most fun roster in this game. The lineup is Gary Carter, Ryan Zimmerman, Jose Vidro, Anthony Rendon. Trey Turner, Tim Raines, Andre Dawson, Vladimir Guerrero, with Bryce Harper at DH, and Larry Walker, Juan Soto, and Moises Alou on the bench. <laughs> now that is the team. <laughs> and also, not to mention, you get Pedro. You get Pedro with Scherzer and Strasburg and Dennis Martinez. I, I think, like, along those lines, the ranking that's going to stand out to most people is the number two seed in the American League. So number one is the Yankees, right? Number three is the Red Sox. Do you know who number two is? This is going to blow people's minds. It's the athletics because they go back all the way through Kansas City and back all the way through Philadelphia. So they get the best of all three of those. And let me just tell you their bench. Mark McGuire is coming off the bench for this team. Right? Eric Chavez and Jose Canseco and Carney Lansford and Chris Davis and Terry Steinbeck all coming off the bench for this team because they get Jimmy Fox and they get Ricky Henderson and Reggie Jackson and Al Simmons and Eddie Collins, who Matt just mentioned. And then their rotation I know some of these names go way back, but Eddie Plank, Lefty Grove, Vita Blue, Catfish Hunter, and Tib Hudson with Zito and Stewart coming after that. And oh, by the way, their bullpen, Eckersley, Fingers, Doolittle, and Street. I, I think the A's are my team. I'm I'm taking the A's. <laughs> I mean, there's there's definitely, I guess I'm trying to think. So there's, so there's obviously, you know, for the, the, like the original teams, right? You know, well-established Yankees, Cardinals, A's, Giants, Dodgers, like the old school teams, their their rosters are going to be stacked. I'm trying to think of like of the of the expansion teams, of the teams that like maybe you know since you know since I guess more the expansion era starts in '61. Who probably has like the best you know the best roster because you know you don't get to, you don't get any of those like early century dominance guys. And that's I'm like trying to eyeball it a little bit and think of like who's who stands out amongst amongst that group. It might be it actually might be the <laughs> I might have just said it, it might be the national slash slash Expos or the, or the Mariners. What do you guys think? Well, that Diamondbacks rotation, I'll take that. <laughs> well, but they're all these, all these teams you just mentioned have a, a seating disadvantage. I, the home field advantage, I guess, is randomized as far as in, in these series. But uh, if seating does matter, which I guess you, I, I, you know, if, it, if it's like a NCAA tournament, um, you know, is, is the absolute, like, is, is it, is it totally out of the question that number one seed goes down in the first round? Or is it very baseball-y where it literally? <laughs> it's. I mean, it's 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 very it's very baseball-y. I mean, in seven games, you know, in a seven-game series, even like you know, in current baseball, the you know, let's say let's say like the the 2019 Orioles played a seven-game series against 2019 Yankees. How often would the Orioles win the seven-game series? Twenty percent of the time? Twenty-five? What do you guys think? Uh, I want to say less than twenty percent. Not that much. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> but like, yes, one one in ten at least, one in ten at least, right? So we're talking even so even like the as we've discussed even like the the worst roster here, um, 
is, you know, they got a puncher's chance. You know, they're at least, I think they're, they're, they're better. They're still probably better than one in 10 against the best. So um, that to me, that's, to me, that's kind of the, to me, that's kind of the fun. So let's, why don't we quickly go through the, the matchups. So on the, the AL side, um, we've got Yankees Mariners. We mentioned that earlier. I think it's a fascinating one. Then you've got the Negro League All-Stars against the Indians, um, which is like the... See, I'm not looking forward to that one as a Clevelander because, uh, I mean, that Negro League team is... Uh, obviously, uh, we don't know what the correlation is, right, between the Negro Leagues and the big leagues, but we have seen... There were, there were many examples, and, I mean, Jackie Robinson, we, we've talked about him so much this week in, in light of uh, Jackie Robinson Day, as we should, and, you know, people would insist at that time he was not the best player in the Negro Leagues. He was the player probably best uh, positioned to make that historic jump. And then he does it and it's you almost underrate what a great ball player he was, you know, regardless of all the societal impact and the way he handled it. Um, an incredible ball player. And uh, the, the stat I looked up the other day was. You know, you put up 60 war in less than 1,500 games. The only other two guys who've done that are Mike Trout, who's still going, of course, and Shoeless Joe Jackson. So, like, in an incredibly short time, he debuts at 28, and he puts up 60 war. I mean, that's that's insane. So, I think that Negro Leagues team, I'm not comfortable as a Clevelander uh, going up against the Negro Leagues team in the in the opening round. And then on top of that, obviously, and this is not unexpected, but they got the best names. You know, you got Pop Lloyd and Turkey Stearns and uh, Mule, Mule Suttles as your DH. So, um so yeah, I want no part of the Negro League team in the first round. And for those wondering, for the seating purposes, the Negro League team is in the, in the AL, and the twenty five hundred stars is in the NL, and they were both given the number eight seed. So that's that was just sort of like because I think we didn't know where else to really put them. So it's just like okay, this is sort of like a we'll put them right in the middle, and that's uh, kind of just as a way to, to even things out. Um, then you've got the um, the Orioles versus the Astros, which kind of has you know has modern you know with the with the half the Orioles front off, half of the Astros front office going to take over the Orioles front office a couple years ago. Um, but that's like the only real connection I can think of between those two franchises. Um, there are no, I guess, current Orioles on this team, right? Darren, oh, Rip Britton, no, he's gone. Yeah, it's it's but it's it's like recent vintage too because it's Roberts and Machado and, and Adam Jones in center. Uh, this is a pretty fun team because they've also got obviously the old school guys from the 60s and 70s, but you get Boone Powell and Frank Robinson into that outfield. And I am hard pressed to find a better left side of the infield than Cal Ripken Jr. and Brooks Robinson. <laughs> yeah, that's that's legit. Um, and then you got the Tigers versus the Angels. Didn't, did they play in the postseason recently? It feels like they were in the postseason a lot around the same time, but I'm not sure if they ever actually played each other. Um, well, the Angels haven't been in the postseason, but once in Mike Trout's career, and I feel like that series was against the Tigers, and I'm just going to really slowly keep talking while I look it was against up. the Royals. Uh, it was against the Royals, uh, so yeah, no. And like the Torrey Hunter era, the Vlad Guerrero, yeah. And I don't, uh, I don't think they faced each other. I'm trying to remember. Anyway, yeah, there's not there's not a ton of history between those those two clubs. Um, then you've got uh, the Twins versus the Blue Jays. Um, the Blue Jays is a is a fun roster. Um, that's another one that like has like a real mix of um, exciting, um, more like recent guys, and maybe I mean it's you've got Delgado starting, which puts puts a uh, puts an on the bench, and then you've got Roberto Alomar, Josh Donaldson, Tony Fernandez, Jose Bautista, Devon White, George Bell. That's a, that's 
with uh, Roy Holiday and Dave Steeb fronting the rotation. That's a that's a fun team. Um, we got the aforementioned uh, Red Sox Rangers matchup again. Two clubs without much history. You know, <laughs> the number one starter for the Rangers is Charlie Huff. <laughs> I just wanted to say that because then we can make a Charlie Huff reference two shows in a row, which must be an all-time record. Um, then you got White Sox Royals, which is a nice, you know, AL Central battle, a little, uh, little, uh, you know, real, real rivalry there, I guess. And then the aforementioned uh, uh, A's Rays matchup, <laughs> which is just just awesome. did you guys, by the way, see, this just reminded me of it. You know, there's, um, you know, obviously with no games going on, there's all sorts of variations of like simulations of video game tournaments going on. Um, did you see, you know, so there's that MLB the show tournament where there's players from every team participating in this little like mini league for MLB the show. Um, and Ryan Stanek is in it. He's representing the Marlins. Did you see his game the other night? He used himself as the opener. (laughs) 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 Which I really, I really got a, got a big kick out of. I guess he's bought in, you know, he's he's all in on the opener. (laughs) Um, so that's on the AL side. I mean, the Yankees obviously the on paper favorite, but Mike, you said your pick is the A's, A's. coming out of the AL. A's because it's the it's the whole history of the A's over 120 years. Castro, what about you? Who would be your pick coming from the AL side? Um, no, I might lean the same way when I was looking at it earlier today because uh, you know the F four. I mean, Jimmy Fox. I mean, you get to claim Jimmy Fox and the likes of <laughs> these great players from pre Oakland era. It's pretty amazing, but uh, yeah, it's that. I think a sleeper team, you mentioned Detroit earlier. That's probably a team that um, might not get as much attention as it should. Um, but yeah, I think the A's is, is probably my team. But I was, I was just looking at Detroit. I mean, Verlander, Neuhauser, they get Max Scherzer, AL installment. Um, Jack Morris, who all he does is win, win, win. So that's, that's key. But no, I, I'm going to go with the A's too. I, I, the team I think we're actually sleeping on a little bit now that I'm looking at their roster is the Red Sox. You've got Pedro, Roger Clemens, literally, literally Cy Young as your top three pitchers. <laughs> and then the lineup is Carlton Fisk, Jimmy Fox, Dustin Pedroia, Wade Boggs, Nomar, Ted Williams, Mookie Betts in center, Dwight Evans in right, David Ortiz at DH. On the bench, you've got Carl Yastrzemski and Manny Ramirez. Well, it's silly that we haven't mentioned them, but it's, it's almost like it's the same as the Yankees. It's like, you don't mention them because of course, but then, yeah, but then you start thinking about it. It's like, how could you not pick the Yankees or Red Sox in this exercise? I mean, can Babe Ruth, can he, can he still pinch hit for them? Even though he's a pitcher, right? They, they might still use him as a pinch hitter too. So there's that. Um, so over on the NL side, um, we've got the Cardinals versus the Rockies in the first round and, and the Rockies. Game sweep. <laughs> the Rockies, bless them. I'm but sorry. That, that is the, the, the roster is, is is not is not great. Um, obviously, they don't have a ton of history, um, and they have you know a few a few real stars. Um, but there's definitely some weak spots in that lineup, notably at catcher, Yervi um, <laughs> Torrealba. I changed uh, my mind. Three game sweep. <laughs> um, so yeah, that one that one that's going to be a tough match for the, for the Rockies. And you got the 2500 squad against the Phillies. The 2500 squad is obviously just like a ton of fun because it's you know um, it's. Uh, oh, this know, team rules! Acuna, Soto, <laughs> Bellinger, uh, Pete Alonso, Jack Flaherty, Mike Soroka. You know, so it's look at the bench: Vlad Jr., Tatis Jr., Moncada, Robles, Torres, Adley Rushman. That is a fun team. They have Shohei Otani too. 
Can we just point out that Juan Soto has played, uh, what is it, uh, 266 games in the big leagues, and he's on two teams. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the Nationals bench, and uh, he's on the starting lineup for the 25 and unders. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Phillies, considering their long history, their lineup is, I mean, it's it's strong, but it's not like, it doesn't blow you, it doesn't blow you away. You know, Darren Dalton, the catcher. Uh, I mean, obviously, Mike Schmidt, amazing. Chase Utley, amazing. Um, but, you know, Mike Schmidt, uh, you know, Darren Dalton, Jimmy Rollins, good, but not like, you know, an all-timer. Richie, Richie Ashburn, same. You know, so it's uh, the, the, the 25 under squad has, uh, has, has got a – I think it's got a real chance in that one. That would be fun. I hope they win. I hope they win at all. That would be cool. Uh, and you've got the uh, – let's see, then going down the list, we've got the Pirates, D-backs, again, two teams without – can we think of any sort of natural connection there? I can't even think of those teams even making a trade. <laughs> uh, uh, Starling Marte. Oh, they, what do you mean? Uh, or they made one like a big one like two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> but he hasn't played for them yet. <laughs> that's true. I think that's what that threw me out. The Pirates get a lot of history there. That's one of the teams where, like, you know, you they're 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 kind of like the A's where you're looking at their lineup and it's like, oh yes, they've got Honus Wagner, <laughs> but um, their pitching isn't great. And for the reasons Mike mentioned earlier, I kind of like the D-backs in that. I, I don't know the first two starters on the Pirates, so let's look them up and see how old they are. Uh, no, <laughs> the first two starters listed for the Pirates, let's see, number one, Babe Adams, uh, who pitched for them, yes, from 1907, wow, for a long time, 1926, and Wilbur Cooper, who uh, doesn't seem, oh, I spelled it wrong, that's why he doesn't exist. I've never heard of Wilbur Cooper. Yes, 1912 to 1926. This is a really like backdated team, <laughs> with the exception of like Andrew McCutcheon off the bench. Well, and that's I mean, this is, the, the Pirates are sort of weakened by the fact they've got a very deep outfield, so they end up with McCutcheon and Dave Parker and Ralph Kiner on the bench, um, which kind of hurts them <laughs> because those are some, those are some bats you want in that lineup. I like the, I like the D backs in that uh, in that series, and you've got Reds, um, Nationals, uh, two teams that had Jim Bowden as their GM. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, give me give me the uh, national expos. Okay. I know the Reds are loaded. I know they are, but you totally sold me on the expos. <laughs> uh, With the Reds, there's very little reason to even veer off the big red machine roster. Really, like they round out from there. But it's it's but that that's one where obviously they they could have just rolled out the big red machine and and probably fared as well as they will uh, with the all time roster. I, I like the idea of thinking it like that. Like just think of the big red machine. But add peak Joey Votto and peak Barry Larkin and peak Aroldis Chapman and peak Eric Davis. I mean, if we're talking about three-year peaks, Eric Davis is like he's like inner, he's like inner circle Hall of Famer. Um, and then we're going down. Then you got uh, Braves Marlins. That's a nice uh, some, uh, some that's, a, that's a nice rivalry there. Um, the Marlins rosters, you know, they've had so many like guys coming and going on that team over the years it's just like it's hard to identify but then you're like oh yeah gary sheffield gets to play for them stanton yelich miguel cabrera yeah, they got Martin, some names you know that that braves one though it's funny because if you think about the all-time classic early 90s braves rotation you know smoltz maddox glavin but now add warren spawn and put craig kimberl in the bullpen and yeah. how do you beat that team in a seven game series oh and they got it i didn't realize this acuna is on their bench so i i need to Make an addendum to my Juan Soto comment earlier. Acuna, similar number of games and on two teams. I, I didn't realize he uh, he cracked the Braves roster. That's impressive, given that uh, organizational history. That's pretty good. Um, 
Dodgers, Padres, the Dodgers, I think, have a pretty clear. I love the Padres of Ozzy Smith. That's short. I wanted to see Randy Jones coming in, <laughs> trying to just throw slop against that, that, that ridiculous Dodgers lineup. Um, and try to see if he can navigate the uh, the heart of that lineup with uh, uh, Campanella, Sheffield, Snyder, Bellinger, Jackie Robinson. Good luck, good luck, Randy Jones. Um, Cubs Mets is, I think, it's one of the more interesting uh, first round matchups. Uh, as noted, they've got a little history, and uh, um, especially Mets on the pitching side are pretty formidable. Um, and then lastly, you've got the um, the Giants versus the Brewers, and the Brewers. Or a little bit like an NL version, I think of the um, of the the Blue Jays, where like they don't have a ton of history, but in that lineup, when you look at Molitor, Yount, Yelich, Braun, that's it's a, it's a fun lineup. But it, uh, the Giants certainly have a big a big edge just by virtue of you know having peak Barry Bonds and and Willie Mays. <laughs> well, so that's the thing. I was just doing a little bit of math here. Their outfield: Bonds, Mays, and Mel Ott. That is. And if you just just think about the time spent playing for the Giants in New York and San Francisco, between the three of them, 1,743 home runs. And so that's a good question, right? Do you take as an outfield Bonds, Mays, and Ott? Or do you go to the Yankees and do you take Mantle, DiMaggio, and Ruth? There's no wrong answer, clearly. Um, that, that's, that's, that's the fun of this, right? Um, who, do you have on the, who do you guys have on the NL side? Uh I think it's Giants or Dodgers, right? I mean, I don't know how you look at that Giants outfield and, you know, also with like Posey and McCovey and Kent and then look at their rotation. Christy Mathewson, Juan Marichal, Carl Hubber, Carl Hubble, Gaylord Perry, and Madison Bumgarner with, you know, Winsicum and Kane, I guess, is like six, seven starters. But then also the Dodgers lineup is absolutely insane. And it appears that, you know, Oral Hershiser is like the 11th pitcher off the bench. Like you have peak Koufax, peak Kershaw, peak Drysdale, and then you go right to the bullpen of peak Jansen and peak Gagne, like good lore. Yeah, that's that's my pick is the Dodgers, just because of what I was talking about earlier. And the depth of that pitching staff, even on this particular page, uh, it jumps off the page. You know, uh, obviously there's a lot of uh, great talent on this page, but yeah, that Dodgers pitching staff is unreal. Um, I was also wondering because you brought up Cubs Mets earlier. I'm wondering if there's a black cat simulated black cat. Uh, involved in this at all but uh now i'm gonna go dodgers from the nl side so i got dodgers uh a's which Same. Uh, i feel like i just watched that the other night <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going i'm going um i'm gonna go giants in the nl side after the, that outfield kind of talked me into it and you know my, as an odd a nod to my my dad growing up a new york giants fan so i'm going I'm, go, I'm going different from you guys i'm going giants versus red sox in the in the championship i'm picking the red sox to take it all uh, we should probably talk a little bit about how this thing, when this thing will get started and how you can actually watch it, right? Because I'm not I'm not entirely sure I, I fully understand it, but it starts, what, next week? starts on Monday. There'll be eight games on Monday um, and then eight on Tuesday. Um, appropriately, the, the Red Sox will be playing on Monday, which is uh, Patriots Day. So, um, And basically, there'll be seven-game series that like will be revealed. And then for games, for series that have, like I think, go... That for seven game series, there's actually going to be a live stream of Game Seven. It's called by Scott Braun and uh, uh, John Paul Morosi. It's like a video. It's like a video. It's like a video game simulation. The games will take like twenty to thirty minutes. Um, so we'll have th- those. Those will those will happen on. Um, uh, there'll be there'll be a few of those each day. I think those. I think it's game, ones that go seven seven games. Um, 
and then so we'll have uh, the round of 32 on Monday and Tuesday, and then um, the round of 16 next Thursday and Friday, and then the quarters and semis the following week, and then the finals uh, May 4th and 5th. Um, yes, the live streams on Twitch, uh, there'll be on MLB.com and then we'll be network Twitch uh, channel. Uh, I, I look forward to <laughs> John Paul Morosi working in as many uh, WBC references as possible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> trying, to, trying to discuss who would have, who would have, uh, uh, we, we love you, JP, obviously, uh, who would have like played outfield for the uh, US WBC team in 1928. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that that's gonna be fun, and you know, a big part of the fun I think for for fans is that like there's a DraftKings component, so you can go and like if you you're missing that itch to kind of get, get you know, compete, you can go and like make your picks and and play along and kind of get uh, get into it, get into that way. So um, I think that that part of it uh, that part of it is really cool as uh, as well. Anybody else uh, stick out on these rosters? I was trying to find like the silliest possible double play combination like some of these guys actually play together like cal ripkin and roberto alomar were a double play combination for the orioles for a little bit and it's just entertaining to see some of these guys like imagining you know going back through history and uh seeing for example like utley and rollins you know play together but if you could go back and say oh wow this is uh honus wagner tossing the ball to bill mazeroski <laughs> like I, I mean obviously these guys Greenberg and ernie banks that's pretty cool yeah yeah, Travis Jackson for the Giants, who played you know early part of the 20th century, flipping it to Jeff Ken over to William McCovey. Good, you know, good good luck to Morosi, by the way. This is going to be really difficult to call. <laughs> yes. Well, but I guess one before before we go, the one question I ask for you guys is, you know, Mike, I know you grew up a, a Dodgers fan, and, and Castro, you grew up an Indians fan. I, I grew up a Mets fan. For those rosters, is there anything that stuck out to you, and maybe that you might have done differently? Um, if I'm eyeballing the Dodgers one, I probably would have i mean this is maybe a personal bias of mine i would have put in mike piazza over roy campanella catching mm-hmm. uh i probably would have put i mean if we're getting peak years i probably would have put peak matt camp as dh over peak steve garvey I mean, they're not really wrong answers to this but i've always felt garvey was slightly overrated and camp when he was right and healthy which i know he wasn't healthy for a long time he was fantastic so it's not like having Campanella and Garvey in your lineup is somehow a problem because it's clearly not, but I would have made those two slight changes. Um, that's reasonable. What about you, Anthony, with the, uh, with the Indians? Anything jump out to you? Uh, honestly, no, it tracks fairly well. I actually did this exercise with the Indians uh, around the time of the all-star game last year for the all-star program because they were the host team. And uh if, if memory serves me, I think I might have. I think I might have had Shoeless Joe Jackson starting over uh, Manny Ramirez, and Joe didn't crack uh, this roster. Just given, obviously, the you know he, he had more service time elsewhere, but he was a, a Cleveland Indian, so maybe he could have been on here. But overall, uh, where's Rocky Calavito? I guess that's another question. <laughs> but overall, I'm happy. You couldn't get you couldn't get Lindor at shortstop over Lou Bedreau. <laughs> you know that's. Lou uh, has that rare ability to both uh, impact and manage this club, so I think we're gonna we're gonna stick with it. And it's actually uh, a little trivia: is you know the Indians' two World Series titles were both with player managers, so we gotta you know get Tito on the field. That might be their best shot at uh, actually winning one here. <laughs> Mets. Um, I think the only name that kind of jumped out at me is like maybe like not quite being good enough to be on the roster. Is it like? 
you know, is Mookie Wilson. He was like an, a good player for a long time, but not like never really like a great player. That said, it's like he's, you know, had a really long tenure with the team. He's like part of the fabric of the history of the team. So like it's hard to like really quibble with that, you know. It's just like um, he maybe didn't quite have the, the peak that, you know, almost everyone else on the roster had, had like a had, had probably an all-star peak. Um, and he, he kind of falls, he falls, uh, falls short of that, but you know, that's, that's, that's probably, that's probably, uh, that's probably quibbling. Yeah. I was looking at them and they have Cleon Jones in left field. And I was a little surprised by that because I think everybody remembers him for the, you know, hit by pitch shoe polish, polish incident, but I never remembered him as being like a particularly great player. And when I look at his career, he is perfectly situated for this kind of game. He played a dozen years for the Mets, a couple of them only, you know, scattered plate appearances, but he was really only great in three of them, you know, and he was good in like two others, but those three years, 68, 69, and 71, he was fantastic. And for this kind of exercise, that's really all you need. So I, I take back anything negative I was going to say about Cleon Jones. Um, ben, so I guess we'll, we will, we will see how it plays out next week. It'll give us a little something to, uh, you know, get the competitive juices flowing um, as best we can right now as we kind of wait to see uh, see uh, when we will get uh, the, the real thing again. If this uh, this worldwide rain delay goes on long enough, maybe we can do like every team's all-time worst roster against each other. Because that would actually be an interesting exercise too because whoever wins that is, the you know, they have the best organizational depth, right? If you can <laughs> win that particular tournament. Or maybe you do like rosters, like every team's best roster of guys that never made an all-star team. That would be interesting. Yeah, we could do all kinds of combinations here. We, we've got some time right now. <laughs> exactly. We, we have so much time, <laughs> endless time. Turns out the possibilities are endless. Anthony, thanks for hanging out with us tonight on the show and going through this cool contest. That is our show for this week. This is the MLB.com StatCast podcast. Thanks for listening.